Hello, hello, I'm Colin Green and you are listening to Spike Pit, episode 124. So it seems people are keen to talk about 5e and that is totally cool with me. I'm happy to keep up with the times as long as I'm playing D&D. If I'm honest, I don't think I really care what edition I'm playing. Do you know what? I'd even go as far as saying I'd uh, I'd give 4e a try and I've, I've never done that. Well, I say I've never done that. I might have played a demo of it with the kids at uh, UK Games Expo. But... Man, that was a while ago, and my memory fades. Let's get to some call-ins. Hey, Colin, it's Shane. Um, I think I'm going to do an episode about 5e. I think that might be the easiest way for me to get my thoughts on it. Uh, Excellent episodes as usual. I'm intrigued on your feelings and everybody's thoughts on it and the Collins and stuff. Uh, Collins to Colin. So, yeah, I think I'm just going to go ahead and do one. Um, hopefully I'm coming from a good place when I talk about it, but anyway, cheers. And that's Shane Ward of Gilligan's Isle of ADD. Now, I've been playing in a game with Shane Ward, and he's got another call-in message. But before I get to that, uh, I, I do want to mention that that message is a little bit out of date. He's talking about some interesting stuff following on from maps and things, but when I think about Shane Ward and maps... I automatically think about Matt Jackson. And seemingly, I um, I dropped the ball a little bit on my last episode and uh, I totally forgot uh, that Matt had played quite a bit of 5e with his Strad, um, what do you call it, Ravenloft game, the uh, the 5e version of Ravenloft. God, what do they call that now? The Curse of Strad. So... Um, yeah, if you listen to Matt Random, he's got an episode talking about his uh, disenchantment with 5e. So if you're enjoying this 5e content, perhaps hop over to Matt Random and he can he can tell you. You get it straight from the horse's mouth. Hey, Colin. Uh, we're gaming on Sunday morning. Well, Sunday morning for me. Uh, so you're talking about Gonzo and stuff and also maps and I've been following that conversation but I was going to mention if you get a chance check out Carl Stremberg Uh, I'm sorry if I cocked that up he's got some super cool maps Uh, if you can't find him I'll shoot you a message on MeWe and uh, you can take a look at it he's got it just it like when I look at them I'm like oh this is an adventure waiting to happen Uh, you're going to probably get a twofer here um so uh, uh, a lot of FP and the Gonzo stuff. I like Troika. I can't wrap my head around it. I like the the system. It's easier than even easier than Advanced Fighting Fantasy. But I just I I don't have the players for it, and I think that's what it comes down to with the Gonzo stuff. Um, so first things first, Shane. I've neglected to check out your recommendations uh, on Carl's work, his maps. Something I need to get onto forthwith. But you mentioned a couple of other things. Troika, that is a lovely, lovely book in my opinion. Very nicely put together and yeah, super simple rules. It's got a a very strongly implied setting, and yeah, I don't think it's for everyone. I haven't quite worked out what I'm going to do with it yet, but I'm, I'm definitely pleased I've got it. 
And the other point you mention is this idea of having the right players for the game you want to play. And, you know, it, that cannot be understated. I know people will say, oh, you're the GM, you've got to run what you want to run. And, yeah, well, that's fine to a point, but I've sat and played in games where I was enthusiastic about it as a DM, and I'm not convinced the players were really into it, and that's not that's not a place I want to visit, really. Um, if you're playing online, perhaps it's easier to get... Uh, a different group and and just find the players that are interested in the system you're into but in a face-to-face group I think it needs to be more of a negotiation um, but yeah I, I wouldn't want to play anything I weren't into but I think it's just finding that the common ground and um, rolling with that Colin, Aaron Clark just uh, finished listening to your three-episode miniseries on D&D 5e. I am not a fan, but I don't believe that there is no bad, wrong, fun. Um, been playing 5e with the semi-regular group for about a year now, maybe a little longer. And I don't know, it's just not my cup of tea. The uh, I think Arfid kind of hit on it with the complexity of like the skills and the abilities. And, you know, we're all fifth, sixth level, and there's a lot of that complexity just growing uh, as the characters grow. We're doing milestone advancement. I'm not a fan of that. Courtney Campbell, a hack and slash blog, he wrote an interesting uh, blog post a couple of weeks ago about some changes to 5e to make it a little more old school. So if that's something you're interested in. Hold on, Aaron. Aaron's got another message, but I want to cut in here. Just comment um, on milestone XP. Yeah, this is something that seems to have got really popular. Um, people talk about it cutting down on paperwork and bookkeeping, etc. I'm not sure if that's really it. It From a Dungeon Master's point of view, I struggle all the time with XP. Whether there's enough, whether um, the rate of advancement is correct and... The good thing about Milestone XP is you can totally have control of all that. You can level up when you think it needs leveling up for the story or whatever. You know, it is it is super flexible. But I also understand that it's not for everyone. And I think coming back to playing in Kalmata and doing some of these sort of more old school play, I found... Actually, it is quite rewarding to get your XP and tally it up at the end of the session. So, if you're listening, Aaron, I'd like to hear a little bit more about your thoughts on experience points. And anyone else who's listening, if you've uh, got thoughts on milestone experience, it is one of the optional rules included. I think it's in the, I think it's in the DMG. That's where I'd expect it to be. I don't think it's in the players' book. Um, yeah, so that that's a, that's a little interjection by me picking up on that point. Let's get back to Aaron's calling. Colin, Aaron, one more thing about 5e. Uh, those free rules are great. Um, I used them for the first three or four months of uh, 
my, my sojourn with uh, 5e, which I think is now over. Um, and I did see this really cool slipcase bundle of the DMG Player's Handbook and Monster Manual with like these cool alternate covers, slipcase, hardcover, very, very flash looking. Uh, I don't know, it was on sale for like 40 bucks or something like that. So maybe, maybe some of your listeners, if they're interested in that, or new guys to 5e could track that um, variant cover slipcase edition down. Uh, yeah, that's all I got, man. Good to hear from you. Glad you're keeping on, keeping on. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Good to hear from you too. And yes, indeed, I am keeping on, keeping on. Aaron's got a podcast. Haven't heard from him in a little while on there called uh, the Keep It Simple Daily Reading. Um, 40 bucks. 40 bucks for all three books, alternate covers in a slipcase. Man, if I could find that, I would snap that deal up. But um, I suspect it, it may be a luxury only my American friends are privileged to experience. And talking of my American friends, next up we hear from the one, the only, the man himself, the man with the word on the blogs. It's Froth. Hey, Colin, it's Froth. <coughs> Got your message. <coughs> and um, I'll probably play it on the next one and talk a little bit more about it. But, yeah, I just wanted to say when you're talking about the average hit points with 5e and stuff, I uh, I use the average hit points in first edition because the uh, hit dice are eight so i'll just make them all five so if i've got a four hit dice you know it's, it'll be a 20 hit points sometimes i'll boost them if i want something to be really strong and i'll boost them up on the higher end or if i'm using a, a written adventure i'll just use pretty much what they've got there but if it's like you know 10 lizard men and they've got you know three of them at seven and four of them at six and i just will just use a, an average rather than try to track all that it just makes more work so anyway yeah i just go with five per hit dice usually uh with old school see ya burn them at the stake i hear you say sacrilege the cry goes up yeah average damage rolls average hit points i see no problem in that it's just the way I streamline things. When I'm running and I've got a lot to deal with, it's just a simplification, and I don't think it makes a great deal of difference. Arfed hates it, I believe, based on a conversation I had with him not so long ago, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Me and Froth, we're supporters, but what do you think, you the listener? Average or rolling every time? And in case you're wondering, the reason why I bring this up is because the 5e Monster Manual has got that listed in there. It's got the damage worked out as a fixed number and it's got the hit dice worked out with just a listing of the hit points. I thought that was a pretty cool idea. Let's wrap this bad boy up then. I want to keep these episodes a little bit shorter and a little bit tighter perhaps bringing them out on a slightly more regular basis and I don't want everybody getting overwhelmed with a backlog 
of long podcasts. I'd like to thank everybody who's contributed with their pins, always valued, and I'm really enjoying this discussion around 5e. I'd also like to thank my patrons over on Patreon at Spike Pit. I'm calling them the Pit Crew because they keep the show growing and they keep it all going with their generosity and support. They're a constant source of inspiration. Comment on on the stuff I put in there and dropping me messages now and then. So I'm really enjoying how that's going. And last of all, I want to thank you, the listener, for taking time out of your day to listen to old Spike Pit rambling on. Take care. I'll catch you later.